Does General Milley saying he's disgusted at the idea that military leaders are being called woke dispute the fact that military leaders are indeed becoming woke? Are local equity initiatives a complete waste of time and taxpayer dollars? And what actions can everyday Americans just like you do to get our country back on track? All this and more on today's episode. Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host. If you're a first-time listener, thanks so much for listening. Please consider hitting that subscribe button now. And even if you don't like what you hear, who are we kidding? You don't listen to everything that you're subscribed to, right? Right. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Today we're going to be talking about General Milley's remarks uh, to Representative Matt Gates. Uh, if you haven't heard that, then perhaps your head's under some type of rock, but we're going to get into that today. We're also going to talk about Loudoun County, Virginia's new CEO. Of course, I'm talking about our newly minted chief equity officer. And last but certainly not least, we're going to be talking about how you Everyone listening can take action to get our country back on track. Uh, so diving into that first story, we're going to listen to this quick clip of General Milley speaking to Congress. First of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing 
the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service, and you and I are both Green Berets. But I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. All right. So for those of you who haven't heard, those were General Milley's remarks. A lot said in, in just under two minutes. But, you know, he, he started out saying, first and foremost, that the United States Military Academy is a university and training and education is important. And, and it's also important to be constantly learning and keeping an open mind. And all of that's important. And that's what he said for, what, 15 seconds? And then he jumped immediately into CRT. He jumped immediately into critical race theory by inserting white rage. He didn't get 30 seconds into his speech and everything comes down to white rage. And what does everything else come down to? Two things. There, there are only two things that you know for sure. White rage is to blame for everything and January 6th. He immediately just conflates the two things. January 6th happened. There, there was a, a violent overthrow attempt of the United States government, which is still laughable, people. What overthrow in the history of the world involved hundreds or thousands of unarmed, quote, combatants? If you can point out that example to me, where everyone gets together and says, hey, we're going to go and overthrow a government, a powerful military, a police state. We're going to overthrow it all. Hey, do you want us to bring our guns? We've, we've got guns, you know, a couple hundred million gun owned. We've, we've got guns. No, 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 no. We're not going to bring guns. We're actually going to do our violent overthrow without violence. And I know there's a lot of misinformation about what happened on January 6th and more and more details are coming out except for the details that are being suppressed by the government. Details like why did Ashley Babbitt get killed? Who killed Ashley Babbitt? Details like causes of death for the people uh, who died on January 6th. Because for the longest, I mean, I know I'm, I'm riding home on the train and people are saying that the rioters beat a police officer to death with rocks, with fire extinguishers. It turns out that that's not true and that the officer went home, went back to his office, was texting people, and actually just had a heart attack, had a totally different uh, medical emergency not related at all to the riot. Was there a riot? Yes. Was there some minor property damage? Yes. Was that bad and criminal? Yeah. It pales in comparison to the $2 billion, billion with a B, in damages that the Summer of Love rioters, BLM and Antifa, have done all throughout the country, but notably in Portland, uh, out in Oregon, out in Washington State, Guys, these, these riots are incredible. Billions of dollars in property damage and destruction, burning down police stations, taking over blocks of cities. That's an actual insurrection. 
standing up your own government, standing up an autonomous zone. Let's let's flick the light switch on the brain on an autonomous zone inside of an already existing entity, the United States in a state of the United States, that's an insurrection. That's a usurpation of the government power there. But we pretend that that didn't happen because white rage. General Milley is demonstrating that his mind, and I have to believe that his mind is stronger than this, as he said, he's a Green Beret. He's a general in the United States Army. Okay, I know that he's not a dumb man. I know that somewhere he cares deeply about this country, but his mind has been manipulated. He has bought the lie. He has put on the rose-colored glasses because he blames everything on white rage. He then goes on and says that he's read Lenin, he's read Mao, he's read Marx, and that's all great. And he says, because I've read, say, Marx, it doesn't make me a Marxist. Because I've read Stalin, it doesn't make me a communist. And that's fine. He's asking what's wrong with having some sort of understanding about the country, about these social issues, and having a fundamental understanding about the thing that we're defending. All of that is fine. The difference is, the key, the linchpin is this. You read Marx, but you don't espouse Marxist ideology. You read Stalin or Lenin or Mao, but you don't espouse, you don't put forward, you don't further the thoughts, the processes, the procedures of communism, of socialism. That's the difference. It's like reading a book about France, but not speaking in a French accent or putting forward French ideals into the world. That's the difference. Here, you're reading, you're pushing CRT, you're pushing Ibram X. Kendi, you're pushing white fragility, you're pushing all these things, and you're espousing those ideas. You're saying that white rage is to blame for issues X, Y, and Z, that systemic racism, that there is an oppressor class, and that all whites are racist. That's the problem. You're putting that message forward as part of your beliefs as a true fact as a Green Beret, as a patriot, as a general, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States military, you're putting those ideas forward. That's the problem. That's not true. Okay, then he goes and starts pinning January 6th that this is a threat. He didn't say existential threat, but that's what all of these types of things go into, is that January 6th, is an existential threat. There are only two things that made it out of the memory hole. There are only two facts that people can remember. Slavery exists and all white people are racist. That's a fact. And January 6th, the lies that are told about January 6th are the other fact. That's the only two things that you're allowed to pull out from history. We forget that the civil rights era happened. The civil rights movement happened and it had tremendous effect, okay? So you all listening to me, you may know, you may not know. I don't know if you follow me on any type of social. I'm, I'm black. I'm six foot one, uh, decently large black man. When I go out in town, law enforcement, they treat me the same as they treat everyone else. This idea that there's this war against black Americans and we can't walk outside our houses without being shot. That's a lie. 
Okay, they have no way of knowing if I'm conservative or liberal, if I voted for Sleepy Joe or Donald Trump. They have no way of knowing these things. The reality is personal responsibility. The reality is actions have consequences. The reality is there we put the American people and I say we, not we, the government put the American people through a lot in 2020, a lot of which is coming to light right now, a lot of misinformation and disinformation about things ranging from uh, COVID origins to vaccines to uh, preventative treatments. And every day something new is coming out. Uh, and these things are the causes of the, the civil unrest. These things are the causes of January 6th, not white rage. But General Milley put it forward as, as if it were a fact, an irrefutable fact. People stormed the Capitol because of white rage. Does that mean only white people stormed the Capitol? What is white rage? How is white rage so powerful? How is systemic racism so powerful that it gets blacks to attack Asians? Can someone explain that to me, please? Why are the largest demographic of people committing crimes black men? Why are the largest demographic of people committing crimes against Asians black people? What could a racist white person do to me, say to me, or make me believe that would make me go out of my home and assault an Asian? That doesn't make Sense. If I go outside my house right now and beat an Asian with a baseball bat, General Milley and all of his friends would blame it on white rage. That doesn't make any freaking sense. We are not in that era anymore. The civil rights movement happened. I'll say it again. It had tremendous effects. And then he goes on and he finishes out with saying this all matters to our military for discipline and cohesion. Okay, so we're saying that white soldiers, you're racist. Black soldiers, you're all victims and oppressed and helpless. Now go and be disciplined and be cohesive and have fun. Give me a break. That doesn't make any sense. So moving into our next story, there are two things that I know for sure. The first is, is that you need to subscribe to the show right now. And if you've already subscribed, then go ahead and rate and review, you know, like if you're on YouTube, if you're listening on podcasts, then rate and review. But the second thing that I know is that CRT is dangerous, it's meant to divide, and it's doing a freaking good job at dividing the nation right now at creating the two different groups, the oppressed and the oppressors, and it's not even it's not even just black and white, but they're putting successful people, people that plan and save money, people that study hard and achieve, they're putting them into the oppressor category as well. We're seeing things in the oppressor category, men, white, Christians, uh, people that are on time and successful, all of these types of things. It's dangerous. And it's got to stop. All right, so we're going to Loudoun County's uh, new CEO. So let me pull up that article. 
All right. So uh, Loudoun County, Virginia is, is, you know, rising to prominence in the news, uh, not for normal things that Virginia used to be in the news for being a great state, um, having awesome education systems, having some of the most affluent counties in the nation. Here in Loudoun County, one one of those affluent counties, uh, this article in the Loudoun Times uh, says, Carl Russ named Loudoun County's first chief equity officer. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've, by we, I mean the county government here has hired Carl A. Rush uh, to be the first chief equity officer, County Administrator Tim Hemstreet uh, announced last Tuesday. <coughs> All right, so what is the Loudon CEO here to do? Uh, here, straight from the article, uh, as chief equity officer, Rush will oversee the development, design, coordination, and implementation of programs, policies, and practices aimed to make the county organization a community more equitable. That's what the release states. Okay, that's, that's a lot of things and programs and policies, practices, blah, 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 blah. But what's he actually going to do? The article goes on to say, Rush will work with stakeholders within the county government and in the community in support of the county's equity goals. Of course, this is the whole game with, along with the CRT push is this thing called equity, not equality, not equality under law, not equality of opportunity, not equal representation in whatever way, but equity, equity, this idea that the government and that big corporations can craft the outcome, can determine outcomes, can equalize outcomes throughout life so that they can have a whatever shape peg factory. They can have a round peg factory or a square peg factory and everyone gets to the same place and everyone looks like the same smooth edged peg on the other side. This is nuts, of course. The, the government is incapable of doing this. The government is incapable of doing this in any of its own institutions. And all they're saying is they need a little more money and a lot more power and authority and control. And they can make this equity, not equality, this equity dream a reality. Article goes on to say, including identity, identifying and eliminating any institutional policies and practices that perpetuate or bring about racial or social disparities and inequities. So this is his mandate. This is his chief mandate. But there is a problem. The problem with it is why I pose the question, are these initiatives a huge waste of money? Yes, they are a huge waste of money. One, because you cannot find institutional policies and practices that are racist, okay? Show me one. Send me the policy. Send me the institution. Send me the organization that has the racist policies, that is perpetuating social disparity and inequity, what does that even mean? If everything doesn't look the same everywhere, the Equity Collaborative came out, this, this far left-leaning consulting firm, which is why 
Loudoun County has been in the news because it started this whole uh, CRT push, and they're, they're saying there is no CRT, but there are line items in the budget. The line item literally says critical race theory development plan, $650 an hour. So there are line items for things that don't exist or for things that are right-wing conspiracies, according to uh, Democrat Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe. Loudoun County's government spends thousands of dollars on developing plans for right-wing conspiracy, according to him. But here's the thing. They're trying to say that we need everything everywhere needs to look exactly the same. It needs to be equal, everything, blah, 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 blah. There are so many problems with that. When you looked at these schools and the Equity Collaborative looked at the schools, some of the schools are, say, 12, 13, 14% black, okay? That's already representative of the United States population, even more so considering that there are heavily black or heavily minority schools in certain areas. For there to be an area like this where there's still 12, 13, 14% black is nuts, okay? That, that's normal representation, okay? Everyone wants it to be the cast on every show to be half black or to be 75% black. Guys, 12%, remember, turn on your math brain. 12% means 12 out of 100. That means roughly out of every 100 people you see, 12 of them should be black, okay? Have you watched a commercial these days? Because I guarantee you in the commercial, everyone is gay or trans or bi, queer, cure, something, and eight out of 10 people are black. There might be one out of 20 people white and ethnically ambiguous people, the other uh, American, Indian, uh, Hispanic, Asian, some, some other. I can't even keep up with the acronyms. But this is his mandate, identifying and eliminating institutional policies. Show me one. This man should not be allowed to keep his job without providing a single institutional policy or practice that is racist. Okay, they're using word salad here, driving racial disparities and blah, blah, blah. What you're saying is there are prejudicial laws or policies or, or practices is the big word. It, it's not a policy. It's not anything that you can see or touch or take, none of that. So you, it's not anything that's real. It's really just something that you kind of feel in the air, uh, just like an atmosphere. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This makes black people look like a joke. All that we overcame, all that the, the people, the giants whose shoulders we stand on, all that they went through to prove how much strength and power they had, to prove their resolve, to prove that they would overcome no matter what. And then the next generation, we come behind them and look like a bunch of freaking pansies because there's an atmosphere in the air that stops us from being freaking successful. That's absurd. This man's job is absurd. And I got to tell you, I haven't looked it up yet, but I know that Mr. Rush here, Mr. Carl Rush, the chief equity officer of Loudoun County, makes a lot of freaking money to do this nonsense job. Eliminating institutional policies and practices, perpetuating or bringing about social disparities or inequity. So if he walks into the office and doesn't see enough black people, there's a problem. 
if he walks into the office and doesn't see enough flagrantly, obviously gay or some other member of the community, uh, enough women, uh, enough trans men and women, however you go about, because you're not supposed to be able to tell, remember, but however you go about that, if he walks around and he doesn't see these obvious differences, if he can't obviously uh, categorize people based on their immutable characteristics, being sex, being uh, their race and their gender, things like that, if he can't do it, then there's a problem. The fact that this job exists is a problem, folks. It's racist. If there were just four races, I go back to this, if there were just four races and two genders, because we have to do make-believe world to say there are two, two genders now, uh, but say there were just men and women or gender A and B, who cares, and there are races uh, one, two, three, and four, he wants to go around and see 25% of race one, 25% of race two, 25% of race three, and 25% of race four, and he wants to see half gender A and half gender B. All right, guess what? That doesn't exist, okay? The world isn't cut into those neat, nice little slices. Uh, or if my company has 60% women and we have 33% blacks, then guess what? If we're playing this zero-sum game, then some other company can't have enough women and can't have enough blacks or can't have enough of whatever the equity dream is. And if someone's not showing up on time, if they don't do good work, they should not be paid, they should not be promoted, they should not be given raises and other things at the same frequency as other employees. And that's what equity serves. Equity serves everyone gets the same no matter what. And it's not even about equality. It's better for others. They want better for uh, women to get paid more or blacks should get paid more. Why? For doing a good job or for being highly qualified or for bringing unique contributions? No. No, because of their, their gender. No, 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 because they're black. This is freaking absurd. But I got to wrap this up. I've, I've spent too much time on this. You guys know I've said it before. I'm, I'm trying to tighten the show up. Uh, so this, this last thing, just really quick. What can you do to take action? Guys, follow the lead of the courageous parents, teachers, and students in Loudoun County. Hold your governments accountable, okay? You have the right to be heard. You have the right to petition the government for grievances. When you say something, when you have concerns... They need to listen to you. It is their job. They need to hear you out. They don't have to do what you say, but they have to hear what you say, okay? And Senator Dick Black last Tuesday at the Loudoun County uh, School Board meeting was exactly right. Not just this county's government, but governments all across the country are developing a dark history of suppressing speech, a dark history of trampling on people's First Amendment rights when it's not convenient for them. Okay, so go to these meetings and be heard. You have to come out of whatever closet you're in, okay? If you're a Democrat but you're pro-gun, you need to come out of that closet. If you're a closeted conservative, you've got to come out of the conservative closet today because you have something to say and the nation needs to hear it, but not just the nation, really where you are, your colleagues, your friends, your family, the people in your community that are also in the closet, the people who want this crap to stop but aren't saying anything, need someone, they need a catalyst wherever they are 
to start the movement. Be Fight for Schools in your community. Be Ian Pryor in your community. All right, so that's all I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Again, if you did, please consider um, subscribing, consider rating or reviewing. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on. As you may have seen, I did start a YouTube channel, uh, and the YouTube channel is not just the podcast by another name. It's unique content. It's unique videos that are short form. Uh, I Sometimes I throw up trailers for shows, but I I think I'm going to make that a whole separate playlist. At this point, I'm just creating unique content and that brings me to a big announcement. Uh, I've started a live streaming show. All right, it's a little bit confusing. My first episode is going to be on a Friday from, it's going to be Friday, July 2nd from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be an awesome interview with Fight for Schools' executive director, Ian Pryor, um, which is a pack getting school board members recalled. And then once they're recalled, we need to get good people in those seats, and that is where the 1776 Project Pack comes in, which is uh, Ryan Gerdusky's group, and it's a pack that does exactly that piece, funding campaigns of solid Americans pushing pro-America, pushing accurate and patriotic history of America. Uh, that pack seeks to get those individuals into uh, local county governments. Uh, so it's going to be a great interview. It's it's happening live Friday, July 2nd. But the show, the show is actually going to be weekly on Thursday nights. Uh, so going forward from this coming Friday uh, on Thursday nights, 8.30 to 9.30 p.m., my live show. It's the Joe Mobley show as well on YouTube. Uh, You can get on there and ask questions live and myself and my guests will be answering. Guys, thanks so much for supporting the show. I hope you have a good one. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Joe Mobley show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.